Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. Something came to me over the weekend. My husband and I were having a conversation. What makes this special for me is I get to share it with you when stuff happens, and I'll send myself emails, like for this time when we're driving around in the car, I can shoot myself a quick email so I don't forget. We were talking about animals because we were driving to an animal preserve expecting to see giraffes and camels, zebras, and bison, and other wild beasts, so to speak, all behind a fence on a family farm. Nonetheless, as we were driving, talking about animals, I don't even remember what my husband said, but I laughed and said, you just gave me a great idea. So here's the great idea. Is it possible for pets to have a good death? I talk plenty about we humans having the good death, about how we tell people that we care about what we want at the end of our life in regard to nursing home versus staying at home or hospital, advanced directives. We talk about even funeral options. We talk about, do I want to be well-fed? Do I want to be left alone? Do I need a lot of touch? All these things at the end of life to help us have the death that we hope to have. But what about animals? I'm going to talk today about lightning. Lightning is my hospice kitty. He was one of three cats that we had, and in the 13th year of their life, lightning became sick. Through the years, when we had the cats, I had kind of decided if it got to the point where I had to stick needles into them every day or chemotherapy or something that would really reduce what I perceive to be their quality of life, we would not go forward with that treatment. Thirteen years later, as I found myself poking my lightning with IV fluids twice a week, I realized I had crossed the line that I said I wasn't going to. It was no fun for him. It was no fun for me. And I was causing him pain because I was poking a needle into his fur. So my husband and I talked about it, and we decided that we would no longer do that. Not only that, but our three cats were housebound, had been raised only in the house. One day, while my husband and I were remodeling a bathroom, we saw lightning in the backyard. He was walking through the flower beds chewing on grass. We were rushing around trying to get him in the house. But when we saw him doing what a cat should be doing, we let him be. Next thing you know, he was at the poolside and he had his little paws reaching into the water and bringing it up to his lips. And then he just sat at the poolside watching the birds fly overhead, eating more grass, lying on the warm concrete. I felt like he was just being a cat, and maybe we had deprived him of this pleasure by keeping them all indoors. We, of course, thought we were doing the best and safe thing by keeping them away from predators because coyotes were known to inhabit the hillside above our home. Not only that, but the creek behind our house 
was full of possums and raccoons and who knows what. We really thought we were doing what was best for them. I have pictures of Lightning with his little paw in the water. He actually reached down at one point and drank some of the water, and I thought, oh, no, that can't be good. But even then I decided, you know what? If he is reaching the end of his life because he's no longer getting this this hydration, let him drink the water. It wasn't heavily chlorinated, and goodness, when we swim, we take it in anyway. So I knew a little bit wasn't going to hurt him. Following that, we let him outside a couple more times just to enjoy the cat life. It brought us joy. I'd like to think it brought him joy as well. A short time later, he began to slow down. He could no longer climb into the litter box. He really didn't want to eat. And I knew what I was looking at because I had seen people reach the end of their life. And the pattern is exactly that. They slow down. They really don't want to eat or drink. They just die. It was then that I decided that I would let lightning just die like he would in nature. I would keep him comfortable. I took a kiddie pool and I cut open a big flap so he didn't have to climb into the litter box but just walk right in. And if he could make it, great. But even if he couldn't, the pool was big enough that he wouldn't lose his bowels or urine on the floor. He'd be able to get into the kiddie pool. The night lightning died, I laid on the bed in my son's room. That's where the litter box was. Lightning came up on the bed, and he lay with me, and I got to stroke his fur, and he just snuggled in. We spent that night in that position. I didn't get up to go to the bathroom, get a drink, make a phone call, nothing. It was just the two of us lying there as he slipped away. And I remember right as he was taking, I wouldn't say as he was taking his last breath, but maybe just shortly before his last breath, I could feel his body pressing against mine as though giving me a hug before he died. It was such a wonderful, peaceful, memorable experience. I would like to think that he was at peace and in no pain. He wasn't crying out. I think he died of dehydration, much like the VSAID or the voluntary stopping of eating and drinking patient would do. My other two cats didn't have quite the same end. We had Lightning's litter mate. Her name was Thunder. And the third cat we had was named Ginger, who was a stray and adopted us years before. These two kitties, unbeknownst to us, were ill. I came home after a day at work to find Thunder having seizures. And she was in the litter box 
in that kiddie pool, right? Because we still had that up. She had lost all her bowel and all her urine and was just seizing over and over and over. I was shocked. I had no idea what to do. So I called the vet and they gave me the sad news that for a cat who had been having so many seizures, her brain was likely never going to recover. And the best option would be euthanasia. I had never done anything like that before. I wasn't sure it was the right decision. Couldn't there be something maybe that could be done? I thought I would at least take her to the vet and see if maybe it was possible for anything else to be done. My daughter went with me. Her boyfriend accompanied us. I called my son and I talked to my husband and they all agreed it was the choice to make. So, my daughter held thunder. The doctor told us euthanasia was the only option to end her suffering. There was no hope of any sort of recovery. So my daughter had her on her lap. The vet gave her the final injection. And we sat and watched her slip away. It was peaceful, like lightning's death. But different because it was with the medication. And now that I'm sitting here telling the story, I'm thinking... Medical aid in dying. That's exactly what people hope to do by taking that medicine. Only this, of course, was given through injection by a professional. For humans, we have to take that medication ourselves. No human can assist us because then it could be accessory to murder. That's not what it's like with the animals. Our third kitty... Ginger, Gingy as we called her, had always seemed fat to us. So I always was trying to restrict how much she ate. And every time I took her to the vet, I would say, look at her belly, it's so big. It never occurred to anyone in the 13 years that we had her that she had a tumor. No one ever offered to examine it or x-ray or anything. This time, however... We were offered that option, so she was imaged, and there was a tumor in her abdomen. At that point, we had the option of either doing further investigation to see if treatment was available, but the vet said the tumor was so large, she probably wouldn't recover well, if at all, from the surgery. So once again, we were faced with this end-of-life choice. We made the choice to have her euthanized. And this time it was just me. My kids were both away at college. So I took her in. She sat on my arms. The vet gave her the injection and she slipped away. I don't know if Gingy had a good death because if she had a tumor, would she have been in pain? And how long did she have it? I don't know. But she used to meow a lot. We thought she was just one of those cats that liked to meow a lot. In hindsight, 
I wonder if she was trying to tell us that she was in pain and we just didn't understand. She was trying to communicate, but we didn't get it. I'm sad for little Gingy. I'm sad to think that she could have been in pain all those years. Then it makes me grateful that we did make the choice to have her euthanized to end that pain and at least stop any progression of this tumor growing inside her. All three kitties had a long life. And they had what we believed was quality of life. Even indoors, they got to play. We had chair time where they would sit with us. They snuggled together. To me, it was a comfortable life. I really hope that for them, they agreed. But in the end, Lightning was communicating his joy by being outside in nature. He communicated to me when he pressed in next to me before he died. Thunder communicated to me by having seizures. I knew I had to act. Ginger, unfortunately, I think I missed all the signs. I feel bad about that. She would have deserved better to not be in pain. I think as a result of the three kitties, it makes it even more important for me to get this message across, to talk to the people in your life that you love. When you start to see signs of illness or something that just doesn't seem right, bring it up. Have a conversation. If you already have someone in your life who is dying of a disease or you yourself, have the conversations. Tell them if you're in pain. Tell them how you want your pain to be managed. Let them tell you what they want at the end of their life. Don't leave anything unsaid if it's at all possible. Then again, if you want, you could write it down. If you don't feel that you can communicate verbally, put it down on paper, record your voice, and have people listen to it that way. It's amazing how these animals have been able to teach me about death and dying. It's just one more gift I would think that these animals gave us on top of so much joy and happiness through the years. We love those kitties. My kids love those kitty cats. My husband, who was allergic, loved those cats. And as many times as I offered to rehome them, he said no, because he loved them so much. We still think about them. We talk about getting cats again, but I don't think I can. I don't want to have to face their death. Not because it was really hard, but it's another 10 plus year commitment. I may not live that long and I would hate to have them become sick. So we have little cat statues around our house and every now and then I have pictures around that I can look at of ginger and thunder and lightning. And remember the fun memories that we had together. 
in those last days together as well. Even our animals communicate what they want or what they need. Are we listening? Thanks for listening today. You can go to my website for more articles, little news pieces, or a transcript of this podcast. The website is whilewe'restillhere.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can send me an email too. Thanks again. And until next time, take care.